Against All Odds is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, and you must be 21 or older. South coming to you on a Thursday morning. Mikey Meatballs fiddling with the knobs. Babyface Joel Salmon producing this disaster of a show. And joining me as always, my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds of degenerate trifecta, Harry, brother Bry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What is happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Hi, Sal. What's going on, buddy? Every single day, these guys give free picks. Yes, you don't have to do it. You don't even have to say thank you. Go to the website, extrapoints.com. They give them out. And yesterday, the last day on the calendar, they swept the board 3-0. and And Pauly Kid, you had like uh, three picks in one or something, right? And so baseball was your game. Uh, good job by you. What did you end up doing? All plus money winners? Uh, well, the only one I didn't have uh, was, the, was the Dodgers at minus 105. But uh, oh, everything else, three other plus money winners yesterday between my podcast pick and the Padres and uh, my three picks on the website. I've been pretty good with the baseball, been pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but we're getting to uh, the real betting time of the year. Yes, now, we so. are. Did you get did you thank Harry? He, he wanted uh, some kind of appreciation for uh, steering you towards the Dodgers <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, well, Harry obviously was on, you know, <laughs> once again gave his EP pick out, Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, website pick, uh, the pick of the so. day, Dodgers. Um, right. You know, we like, Brian and I like to mix it up. We don't, we figure, <laughs> I if you're see. Listen, listening to I the pod, know. you don't need mix to hear it. the same pick as normal. Right. But uh, that's, that's fine. That's what Harry mixing does. Mixing it up. I don't know. Harry, how did you find the Dodgers? That was that's spectacular. That must just be because he's on the West Coast and you guys aren't. He was able to figure <laughs> out that they uh, look minus one hundred five. That's a steal taking this team minus one and a half. By the way, extra points picked. Just want to say last thirty five picks, twenty seven <laughs> seven and one. Yeah, nice. Then you lose like two out of three of the last four. Or oh, something? I lost. I did. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that number is definitely off. It's definitely actually, off. actually <laughs> yeah. very consistent. These Dodgers in August, I think I sent you guys this. This is spe- Brian. I don't know why we're not all over them all the time I in know. August. Just get an alert on our phone when August hits because so far they're 14 and one uh, in August. Last year, 22 and six. Two years ago, 21 and six. Three years ago, 21 and seven. And it just all comes together. Their pitchers get healthy. Whoever they signed at the break, it dominates, you know, adds. Uh, productive and uh, and then you got the Freemans and the Bets of the world and the Muncies are just like just keep uh, raking. So I don't know. They uh, it's getting tougher to figure out how to make money off of them. Although they are a plus today. Yeah, they're at uh, minus one and a half because they're going against Corbin Burns, one of the better. Uh, they're mi- minus one fifty five just to win the game, which you can't really ask, right. ask for better than that right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. gonna be all so, over that. So it could be a loss. Don't Good listen to us unless we say take. Take the Dodgers. Uh, so that's that. Uh, listen, we're going to be right back. We have a lot to cover here. We have the Pac-12. We've done every uh, power conference so far, except the Pac-12. We have not done Notre Dame. We're going to knock those two out today. We're going to have our Heisman pick, our NCAA title, championship pick, Sharp Tank, Major League Bay. We got it all coming up. Let's just take a break. Give Caesar some love. We'll be right back. 
Why should you bet with Caesar Sportsbook? Two words, Caesar's Rewards. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesar's can offer. Hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, and more. It's not just an app, it's an empire. You must be 21 and older and physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. No one stop before you start. If you have a gambling problem, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, we're previewing the Pac-12 right now. And you know what? I think I had the most trouble with this conference because, you know, we're taking the top, what, six teams, Bri, and one team is expected to win 10 games. That's USC. And then there's two at nine and a half. And then there's three at eight and a half. So you drive yourself a little crazy. It's not like the ACC where, you know, I think we, I think we previewed Pittsburgh and they were like six and a half, right? So like probably not going to win the conference, but where, where do you have them? So anyway, you, you, this was tough to navigate. Happy to do it for you people. Pac-12, the only Power 5 conference without a playoff appearance in the last five years. Um, it's kind of a mess, except that according to a list released by ESPN, they have four of the top six returning quarterbacks in the country. 
Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, and Cam Rising. And then they got Dion's kid, right? Washington State's quarterback's good. Arizona, Jaden DeLora. Yeah. These are good, right? Parley kid, it's, it's a competitive conference I, that's I, uh, just going to go to crap uh, in a few months. Yeah, I think this year, and it's final year of existence, really, with these teams, I think this might be the most fun conference of them all. Uh, it's, mm. it's, I don't know if people uh, appreciate the Pac-12. I do. Um, yeah. And I think this is going to be a fun, fun season in this conference. Great quarterback play, some really good coaches. Yeah. I'm excited for it. There's a team in here. Uh, well, we'll go over it. And, and actually, I don't even think you're on this um, this uh, review there. But the Utes are just uh, I, I've looked at their history and, and what they've done. And they're so, so underappreciated. But uh, we'll get to them in a second. Let's start with USC, the favorite to win the conference at plus 170. Their over under is 10. Makes it tough. The under is minus 125. They're 10 to 1 to win the whole thing on Caesars. They were 11 and three last year. They lost in that Pac-12 championship game to Utah. They were probably the, that game away from making the playoffs. Lincoln Riley um, has Caleb Williams coming back. He's going to have to replace Travis Dye and Jordan Addison. Addison now of the Vikings, as well as the Pac-12 defensive player of the year, uh, Tuli Tupolotu. Um, they started 11 and one. They only, their only loss was by one point. And then they had back-to-back losses to close the year to Utah and uh, Tulane and the Cotton Bowl. Big deal. Now, here's my problem with USC. First of all, they allowed 45 points a game in the last three losses last year. So that's not, not great. But Jeff Schwartz is crazy about this. They had the best turnover margin in FBS last year, plus 21. Um bolstered by a high fumble recovery rate. I think the first 13 or 14 fumbles they saw a parlay kid were they, they jumped on like whether they fumbled it or the other team fumbled it. They recovered the last thir- the first 13 or 14. So uh, they recovered 18 to 23 to start 11 and one. Um, I'm looking, they returned eight defensive starters. I'm looking at their schedule. They open at San Jose state. They're given 30 and a half. Nothing really gets started for them until middle of October. They're at Notre Dame, Utah at Oregon versus UCLA. 10 feels about right, but I like nine and three for a team that was as lucky. I think as they were great. Um, you get plus three twenty for nine wins. I'll go under. I don't love it, but I'm going to go under the 10 parlay kid. You like this team. You like yeah, this team I, I mean, Lincoln Riley is a, a, a until the um, postseason is a winning machine. All this guy does is win as a head coach. Right. Um, so I'll start with him. I, I think he's a, a fantastic uh, coach, one of the best, one of the top. Um, I think uh, Caleb Williams, we, we, what do we need to say about him? Heisman Trophy winner, 52 mm. total touchdowns last year, only five turnovers. Amazing right. uh, player. Uh, they have had a nice transfer portal. And I'm going to say the opposite stuff because I know their defense was brutal last year, right? It really was uh, uh, for a team as equipped They're as eighth. USC yeah. is. Eighth in the Pac-12. Yep. It, it was pretty brutal. Um, that being said, I they've gotten a lot of players in from the transfer portal. Players from mm. Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Oklahoma State. They already have a safety who was second in the uh, Pac-12 with five interceptions, and Kalen Bullock. Uh, they returned, as you said, 14 starters overall. They've had the third-best transfer portal class come in, a lot of it on the defensive side, which where they need help. Their defense will be much improved, much improved this year 
which is only going to help them. I don't see a regression in Caleb Williams. I know we lost Addison uh, as a receiver, but they also picked up uh, Dorian Singer from Arizona. Right. Very big pickup. Picked up running back uh, Marshawn Lloyd from South Carolina. A huge pickup. I think this team is stacked, ready to roll. So I think they're going to be even better this year than they were last year. And I think their experiences that they had last year going to help them late in the season this year. All right. Yeah, the defense is the only thing that jumps out at me. That offense is going to be ridiculous. You mentioned Caleb Williams Summers, almost 5,000 yards passing. I like that that singer, the Arizona transfer, it's like within conference, right? Um, He had over 1,100 yards receiving. And the other wide receivers, Washington Williams, uh, Mario Williams and Brendan Rice combined for over 2,000 yards, and they're all back. 15 touchdowns. So that doesn't uh, concern me. The, 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 the lucky, the stat of the turnovers and defense is what may have them lose a couple of games there, but the 10 is such a tough number. I just, uh, you're going to go 11. So you see one loss, maybe one loss for this team then. I do Sal. Yeah. I think uh, they're the class of the conference. Um, no yeah. matter what uh, I think, I know the Notre Dame game appears on their schedule. Yep. Uh, I think they get that game. I think they're just I think they're a yep. more talented team though. I think they're just and, and Lincoln Riley just knows how to win football games during the regular season, the regular yep. conference play. Always has and always will. He's that guy's destined to win 10 games a year and over. Harry, um I brought this up to the extra points guys this morning. USC at Notre Dame. What do you think the line is? They have it already. What do you think it is? Notre Dame. No, no. USA one and a half. Wow. That's impressive. That's the most impressive thing I've seen in a while. And it makes me think you saw it already. It is exactly it. one no. and a half. No. Right. That's shouldn't that have been higher. When that's you a, thought that's higher? a very good call by Harry. Cause I would have said like four and a half or something. Yeah. I would have said six yeah. uh, or something. Good like call. the fact that that's Gotta a make USC, it's still a favorite. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm surprised. So, so again, are they they're probably a favorite in every game, right? I mean, they open up. Think about their first. Oh, yeah. Think about their first five games: San Jose mm-hmm. State, Nevada, Stanford, Arizona yeah, State, Colorado, yeah. oh, Arizona. Wow. They're going six and zero before Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, so that they that's, could be a point. They yeah, could be a point on the Doctor Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, or, at Oregon. Yeah, that's the yeah, only yeah. one. Yeah. That's the only one. Yeah. Only because it's on the road. Yeah. So That's let's it. hit Oregon right now. Um, their over-under is nine and a half, not 10. The under is minus 130, plus 330 to win the conference, 35 to one to win the whole thing. They were 10 and three last year. They won that holiday bowl against uh, UNC. So that I'm counting that. Dan Lanning in his second season, he returns 14 starters from that team, including Bo Nix, running back Bucky Irving, Troy Franklin on offense. They lost the OC. Danny Dillingham to Arizona State. That could be big. That could loom large. Uh, but they added the number nine transfer class in 23. They got the edge out of South Carolina. Birch, who's pretty good. They have the most wins of any Pac-12 program over the last five years. They're 45 and 16. Now they lose uh, the wide receiver, Coda. They lose uh, Noah Sewell, the linebacker. Christian Gonzalez, obviously, is gone. He was a first rounder. The new offensive coordinator, Will Stein, comes from UTSA. So we got to see if Bo Nix, you know, gels with this guy. They And they have to replace guys on the offensive line. Four of the five are gone. Bo Nix was great. He, you know, towards the end of the year, he was banged up, but 44 touchdowns, seven turnovers last year. I mentioned Bucky Irving. 
Um, I mentioned some of the replacements they're going to have to make on defense. Uh, Portland State, Hawaii are easy. At Texas Tech is in there. At Washington, at Utah, USC, and then end with Oregon State. A ridiculous game, Brian, that they lost last year, right? I think Oregon State scored 21 the last quarter to win that. Um, I like this offense a lot, Brian, if, if, you know, if Nick's gels with the new OC, the defense needs a little work. The schedule's not great. They always lose a stupid game. Could be any number of the games this year, but they probably go down at Washington and maybe at Utah and probably another dumb one. So I'm, I'm staying under the nine and a half. Sorry, Archie, my son, if you're listening <laughs> first year, you're going to see a nine and three ducks team, uh, but I am going it? under. How could you do I it? Know. <laughs> it's funny as you're going. Because, it's funny as you're going over yeah. this too. Oh. My mind completely yeah. went blank, and I like forgot Archie was going there this year. Like yeah, I, I did too. I, you yeah. could uh, forget about coffee with the president there, Sal. Now. <laughs> right. it's, it's done. Right. Nine's a good year. Nine, nine and three, is, they'll be fine. Yeah, nine. Be all right. Yeah, you know, yeah, it sucks because I'm taking under two, and now I'm like, uh, we really should be pulling for this team here. Uh, I, I'll root for him. I, I of course, of course. The fact yeah, that I bet yeah, the other means it's matter. great things for them. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter at all. Right. But look, uh, Dan Landing, I think, was a really good coach hire for them last year. It's funny that you said yeah. they've had the best record over the fi- last five years, so you have to apologize to Cristobal, I guess. I guess um, so. Yeah, um, in spite of him. But yeah. like you said, this team brings back a lot of talent offensively and defensively. And I, I do think, look, they were close to scoring 40 points a game last year. I think they get mm-hmm. that number again this year. They do have a favorable start. But they do have to get right. past Texas Tech in week two. And that was one of the teams that I had liked for the big uh, the Big 12. But like you were saying, they go to Washington. Then two weeks later, they go to Utah. I think those are two losses there. And then you still have USC and you have, you know, Oregon State. They should get revenge in that game here. But, you know, again, you have USC at home. So I, I do think they get tripped up again. And I, I think the same thing. So I think nine and three for this team. But yeah, because there's always something dumb, right? With yeah. them, I'm not gonna lose to Portland State, but yeah. I don't know. Which that, game are you going Oregon's... to? Which game are you going to? I gotta figure it out. I might be at the Coach Prime game because that's the weekend we have to take him up. Uh, oh, okay. Archie, the uh, oh yeah, that they third start week late, September. right? They don't start until like November. Yeah, that's their that's their <laughs> fourth. Yeah. Like I think I think he already graduated. Uh, well, you got no, that's their fourth game of the oh, year. Yeah, you gotta go to you <laughs> gotta go to the USC one. game, right? November 11th. Yeah, I know. Gotta, I got to look at this. We got to figure this out. There's so much uh, going on here, but let's uh, move on to Washington. I had to hedge the tuition money somehow uh, betting the <laughs> under, but uh, Washington nine and a half, the under minus minus one forty five plus three thirty for the conference 40 to one to win the uh, NCAA title. They were 11 and two last year under coach uh, Kalen DeBoer. Um, second most improved power five team last year behind only TCU. They were four and eight in 2021, four and overs top 25 teams. And uh, only two losses came in one possession games. And when they played UCLA and ASU, which was a weird loss, but it's this Michael Penix Jr., right? He was healthy and they did well. They dominated for the most part. He's the fourth best Heisman trophy odds at 14 to one. He had 357 yards passing per game threw for 300 plus in 10 of the 13 games. Um, like exceptional in downfield targets, 20 plus yards downfield. He was 14 touchdowns and one interception. This is the first time he played a full season in his college career, season ending uh, injuries in all four at Indiana before transferring. And you got these guys, Odunze and McMillan, 2000 yard receivers, right? So 2,243 yards between them. And 
they're going to be dynamite again offensively. Defensively, seven returning starters. They got that edge, Braylon Trice, who they even mentioned in the Heisman talk, uh, led the country with 70 pressures and nine sacks. They open with Boise, 16-point favorite. They have Tulsa. They have Michigan State. Not bad. But then after the bye, they have Oregon and Utah at home and at USC and at Oregon State. God, I'm going to roll the dice and say they get to 10. I like the what they've set up here. I do worry about Penix's durability, but uh, and it's almost worth taking an adjusted under just in case he does get, you know, he is uh, eliminated midway through the season. But put me down for 10 wins, Harry. I like the over. Yeah, me too, Sal. Uh 10 regular season games they won last year. BDX Husky coach Steve Sarkeesian in the Alamo Bowl. You mentioned head coach and Kalen DeBoer did wonders at Washington its first season. Way more than Sarkeesian ever did there. There's my just saying for the show. Um, hmm. Scored 32 or more in 10 games last season. Like you said, it's had a lot of, has to do with transfer quarterback Michael Penix Jr. 31 touchdowns, 4,600 yards last year. They led the nation in passing offense. You mentioned Adunze and McMillan. Both had 1,100 yards last season. They're back. And I just think overall their defense is better than USC's. USC's was very soft last year. Um, I'm going to go Washington over 9.5. I think they can get to 11. Mm, wow. Yeah, at USC, at Oregon State, Oregon, and Utah. Yeah, it, it, it's a uh, boy. I know they all play each other the same, but uh, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of buzz on this team. And Harry and I have an even bigger surprise for you when we pick the conference winner. So, um, this Utah team, this is something else. Their over under is eight and a half. Their under is minus one thirty. To win the conference is plus four fifty. They're fifty to one to win the whole thing. They were ten and four and won the Pac twelve championship last year. Um, this Kyle Winningham, Parley kid, I'm going to talk to you, Harry. I know you got this, but we, we've talked about Utah forever and how underrated they are. 19 years for Winningham, 154 and 74 record. I, I think they're the most underrated team, underrated coach of the 21st century, honestly. They uh, won 10 games or more in each of the three non-COVID shortened seasons. Um, 16 returning starters. That's the most in the conference. They beat USC by 23 in that Pac-12 game. 47-24. They made the Rose Bowl in back-to-back seasons. First time uh, first time making a New Year's Six Bowl in consecutive years. And now they have Cam Rising coming back, right? So uh, he suffered a torn ACL in the 2023 Rose Bowl. His status was in jeopardy, but everything indicates that he's going to be back. 18-6 and six record, 58 total touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Uh, they returned eight starters on defense. Um, you know, they got some transfers. The Stanford's leading tackler is in there. The Mooney, the linebacker. Tough opening slate. Tough opening slate. I'll say this. Florida. Harry, you know what that line is? They're home for Florida. 13 and a half. Oh, oh you're way off. Uh, you, you know what? You, you just screwed. Whatever you did, whatever good you did with <laughs> USC Notre Dame. Six and a half. Six and a half dome. But Florida at Baylor. This is what concerns me about this team. I love them, except the schedule is ridiculous. Florida at Baylor, UCLA, and Oregon State within the first five games. And then shortly followed by USC and Oregon. Like, And they're also at Washington. So I have to go under. Eight and four would be spectacular, considering how deep this conference is and the fact that they're playing a, a, a miserably rugged non-conference schedule. So I'm going under here, Harry. I know you like them for over. Yeah, look, they're the, they're the two-time defending uh, Pac-12 mm-hmm. champs 
Uh, looking for a three-peat. You mentioned 16 returning starters, Sal. Rising back, eight of the 11 defensive starters back to return from a top 15 overall defense. Yeah, you mentioned that Florida game, but that's a revenge game from last year. They should have won that game in ta- in Gainesville. They blew it. They're going to win that game. Um, they got Weber State on the schedule, but they do have a lot of cake games in conference with Cal, Arizona, ASU, Colorado, Oregon State, and very underrated at home. This team's won 16 in a row at home. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good team. I just don't like that schedule. I really don't uh, look at that. Um, all right, let's go to Oregon State. TJ Hushmanzada's team. Oh, Brian, remember TJ Hushmanzada at the the first <laughs> annual Jimmy Kimmel Bowl? Just we all had the over. I think uh, we had Oregon State. That was Harry's. He is. That was Harry's yeah. shaking over. that knee. That was a dud. We all went. Oh. And there was a there was a touchdown in the first like. 90 oh, we seconds. We're, we're uh, golden. I know. Uh, we needed like over 50 and a half and we weren't even close. <laughs> TJ, I thought, was going to commit uh, a homicide in that uh, luxury box. So good thing he didn't. He was Oregon furious. State, eight and a half is the over under. Under is minus 130 if you want to play it that way. 11 to 1 to win the Pac 12, 80 to 1 to win the whole thing. They were 10 and 3 last year under uh, Jonathan Smith. They're coming off their first 10 win season since 2006. They beat Florida 30 to three in the Las Vegas bowl. And they have DJU parlay kid Clemson transfer comes in, you know, on a team who had the number one defense last season. So if you got DJU whose numbers were better than I thought is 48 total touchdowns, 17 interceptions and 28 starts, including 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions last year. Uh, Damian Martinez, offensive freshman of the year, a thousand scrimmage yards, Look good for them. He's back. They lose the tight end, Musgrave. Where'd he go? Green Bay? He's on Green Bay now. And uh, they got most of their starting offensive linemen back. Uh, Omar Spates is, is a problem. He was the best player on this team defensively, the linebacker. He transferred to LSU. I didn't even know you were allowed to do that. They just steal players. So they need to replace three guys in the secondary. They open at San Jose State. They're like a 17-point favorite. Their first four should be easy. They have Utah, but then they have Utah, UCLA in the middle of the schedule and then end with Washington and then, of course, at Oregon. I think they can get to nine if that defense and the replacements from last year make it a go of it. Uh, Seem competent replacements. DJU gets the job done. They go five and four down the stretch. They'll do it. So give me the over plus money, TPK. Yeah, we're on the same uh, page here. South Oregon State uh, going over the eight and a half. Uh, had their first 10 win season last year since 2006. Credit to uh, Coach Jonathan Smith. Uh, obviously an up and coming coach in the game. Ended on a four game winning streak. Uh, is DJU an upgrade? Well, look, you know, if you, he's got to be. Uh, the Oregon mm-hmm. State quarterbacks were very pedestrian last year through 16 touchdown passes, 13 interceptions. I think DJU makes an automatic upgrade, and he gets mm-hmm. to come back and play more on the West Coast, right? I know he's a California kid. I know, uh, you know, it's not too close, but you know, he's closer to home. Maybe he's a little bit. The pressure is a little bit off of him now playing at Oregon State, and I think the kid has his career revitalized here. Running back Damon Martinez is back as a sophomore. He was the Pac-12 yep. freshman of the year. Six yep. of his last seven games, he rushed for over 100 yards, courtesy a lot of the offensive line, which four of their five, as you said, offensive yep. linemen and back, including two all-12 all Pac-12 uh, tackles. Their defense mm-hmm. was number one in the Pac-12 last year, Sal. What is there not to like? Good ground game, good defense, a upgrade at quarterback. 
at San Jose State, at uh, plays UC, uh, UC Davis, San Diego mm-hmm. State, Washington State to open up the season. And they get to play home versus UCLA, Washington, and Utah. Yeah. I kind of like it. I think the stars are aligning for this Oregon State team. Maybe Archie ends up transferring to maybe the, what is the better Oregon school at this point. We, in did, football. we did visit. I like Cornwallis. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was a nice little town there. Uh, we went bowling yeah. and everything. We had, we had a blast. Um, yeah, boy, you know, I, I look at this and it's like, Brian, do you remember a conference with, I'm not going to say like these are the best quarterbacks ever in a conference, yeah. but in terms of like who you want to watch, right? right. Like well, I'll put these guys on TV all why, the time. Fun, fun, right? fun. Look, that's why it's so weird, right? That this year, like the fact that the Pac-12 is pretty much going away and it's like, oh man, this is kind of back yeah. to the Pac-12 being fun, right? If this was the Chip Chip Kelly Oregon years, right? Or whatever, right. or the USC days. I mean, it, yeah. and I'm not saying it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have even like a, I mean, who knows? Maybe only one team will be a top 10 team, but these are, a lot of fun teams and we're going to be, I mean, we're going to be up late at night. I know some right. of these games will be a little, me, I you. know some of these games yeah. a little bit early, but yes, I will be up very late at night watching a lot of these games. Yeah. And then I'll be up very early in the morning watching, um, you know, USC at Rutgers in a couple of years. So it'll be very weird. <laughs> um, but uh, all right. So, uh, again, a lot of these are eight and a half, nine and a half. I had trouble, Brian, with UCLA. I really did. Yeah. I ended up putting it under. They were nine and four last year. They lost to Pitt 37 35 in the Sun Bowl. Chip Kelly, um, sixth season, still under 500 with UCLA, but coming off first ranked finish and first nine win year with him. His winning percentage has actually gone up every season, four straight increases. Number one rushing offense in the Pac 12. Now they lose Zach Charbonnet to the uh, NFL. And they lose Dorian Thompson Robinson to the NFL, the quarterback and the battle. I mean, it's like a three. It might be a four man battle for quarterback Dante Moore. Uh, Ethan Garbers now has like jumped, I think, like the second Colin Schley. Parley kid, you'll never guess where the uh, Colin Schley t- transferred from. Kent State. Exactly right. <laughs> Kent State. <laughs> I couldn't, I mean, this is like the fifth time we've mentioned a Kent State transfer to a prominent school. It's and I looked at it, crazy. you know what Kent State was? Kent State, God bless uh, Curtis Brandt, but uh, four and four, <laughs> they were four and four last year, five and seven over, they got solid uh, fifth place in the MAC. Like why yeah. do they have all these It's crazy, studs? so many MAC transfers, then, so many. Yeah, and then there's this Justin Martin too is in the quarterback mix, mix. So that, I don't love that, that we're in the third week in August and they haven't, um, Established that. Yeah, Ball State. Ball, they have a Ball State transfer, Carson Steele. That's the, run, the running back, yeah. 60 rushing back, running backs, yeah. yeah. Eight defensive starters returning. That's the good news. The bad news is these guys allowed 41 points a game uh, last year. So, um, you know, I'm looking at it. They open against Coastal Carolina, 16-point favorite. There's a lot of Mickey Mouse teams early on, but also at Utah, at Oregon State, at USC, very likely eight and four or nine and three, which doesn't help me, but you know, bet those numbers exact if you can. And again, I don't love that the QB isn't set. Uh, I'm going to go under, but probably wouldn't play it at all. Brian, you like the under? Yeah, I'm going to go under too. And look, Chip Kelly's done a good job getting them back to relevancy. And look, they were, they started eight and one and they lose three of their last four, but it, they could have mm-hmm. basically aside from that Oregon game, they probably should have won every other game last year. But you, when you lose right. Thompson Robinson, you lose Charbonnet, you lose your three main wide receivers. Even if you bring in good transfers, I just don't know if it's going to – I don't know how well it's going to play out. Because, look, 
you go to you have to go to Utah, USC, Oregon State. I think all three of those are losses. And then you probably, mm-hmm. you know, I think they get tripped up somewhere else. And it's not like, I mean, look, I, I wouldn't necessarily say even like San Diego State is not necessarily like those games are not necessarily gimmies for, right. for a UCLA team early in the season who has a lot mm-hmm. of new pieces in place. So I do think they get tripped up another spot. But overall, I mean, I see why the I see why it's eight and a half the number, right? Because you look at mm-hmm. you look at nine of those games and you're like, oh, those are all they're gonna be pretty good favorites in most of those. But I I just think one of those teams beat beats them. Parley kid, would that bother you? Like a four man quarterback battle on August seventeenth? Yeah, I mean <laughs> You know, it, it it could bode well in one way, but I think that's yeah. mostly a negative thing. I don't think that's a good thing because um, that just means somebody that, should stand out at some that point. You probably have four a- a- average quarterbacks compared to right. four great quarterbacks, and it's different. But you're more likely in a situation where you're talking about you have four guys that are not standing out. Yeah. So. Um, all right, Bri, give us your Pac-12 winner. I, well, I, I mean, it's Utah. I wish I could take them. I, I'd be, I wish I had the stones to do it because I like that coach a lot. I like that quarterback a lot, but same goes for a lot of these uh, schools. Well, so go look, ahead. I originally I was going to take USC, and then I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I have taken Utah the last two years to win it, and they have won it the last two years. I think two years ago they were 6-1. to one. Last year they were only like plus two-something. Uh, but look, the team is stacked on both sides of the ball. Like you said, Cam Rising returns. I, and I know, Sal, they have a really tough schedule, but obviously games like Florida, Baylor, that means nothing to them. Mm-hmm. When, you know, that that like I could see going under for win totals because they could get tripped up in one of those games. But it, look, I, I think I think USC has an easier schedule. Utah has a really tough schedule. But what what we've seen in Winningham has been just I mean, he's a winning coach. I think what's going to yep. happen is all these teams are going to beat each other. And I could see Utah with two losses, right? Being like seven and two, sneaking in, finishing in second in that conference, and then having a rematch with uh, USC and, and beating them in a in a close game. So I'll take the plus four fifty, just odds wise. I thought for a team that overachieves every year, why why not take yeah. them again? Yeah, they plus four fifty for the two time winner. You know, back to back here. So yeah, this and is they're not, good. Not, it's not, not and it's a real like it. Yeah. They have a lot of good pieces, so it's not like they're right. they're coming into the season missing a lot. Yeah. Parley kid, you're going to go with the favorite. No one could get on your case for taking USC. They're going to be favored. Like we said, they're favored in every game, probably except for at Oregon. And who knows by then what what it'll be. But yeah, so that's Uh, that's why I'm taking them at plus 170, Sal. Uh, Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and a much improved defense, I'm sure, uh, due to the uh, terrific uh, transfer portal. Uh, acquisitions. Mm-hmm. I think USC is the cream of the crop and a very fun Pac-12. Yep. Uh, Harry, you and I share the same brain here. Washington plus 330. I was, I'm like reading everything and watching like video of their summer practice, reading how unstoppable this offense might be. I don't think they've dropped a pass in like in summer, like these, uh, these sessions, but you know, this team goes as far as Michael Penix takes them as far as, you know, if, if he could stay healthy, I like that Braylon Trice bolting down that defense. They'll lose. I, I kind of have the same idea as uh, Bry here. Maybe they lose at USC or maybe home versus Oregon, but not both and maybe not either. So again, yeah. one or two losses. If they, if they get some tiebreakers there and end up in the top two, 
they could take care of business in that Pac-12 championship game because there's no divisions, right? It's just the top two. Plus 330, I think, uh, Harry, is a good number. I agree, Sal. Schedule-wise, they don't have to play UCLA. They get Oregon and Utah at home. 14 mm-hmm. starters come back. Again, Washington led the nation season ago in passing offense. They do play at USC and Caleb Williams. But overall, their defense is more experienced and flat out better than the Trojans. Let's not forget that USC gave up 46 points in the last three quarters of the Cotton Bowl and last year and lost to Tulane. And, and Williams played in that game. Washington stronger overall than USC. USC is always overrated at the start of the season. And mm-hmm. if their defense is soft like it was last year, Caleb Williams can put up all the numbers in the world. Not going to be able to uh, stop Washington. Yeah. Uh, this is a parlor kid. You're right. I'm looking forward to like 12 different games in this conference yeah. this year. Like yeah. I really just like yep, to, any of those top five teams playing each other. Um, so, uh, all right. So let's do our prop right now. Um, Harry, as long as I have you here, Cal, which was not mentioned um, because they're not supposed to be in the mix really. Uh, and don't even have a conference uh, in yeah. the next couple of years, unless they want to stick it out with the, <laughs> the three other teams in the pac 12, but go ahead. You have them under, Conference wins three and a half. Under three and a half conference wins. Yes, uh, left for dead. The basically left for dead in the dead conference. Cal has come on hard times in basketball and now football as well. Uh, Bears just two conference wins last year. In their last four losses a season ago, they gave up a total of 156 points, 39 points a game. Neither of their two quarterbacks on last year's roster are in Berkeley this year. And Cal is a killer road conference schedule having to play at Washington, at Utah, at Oregon, at UCLA. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they yeah. have to play USC on the road as well. So under three and a half seems like a lock. Yeah, they might be underdog in like 10 games this year. So, uh, Brother Bry, oh, you got a Balentnikov winner. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Roma Dunze, like you guys had mentioned him before, for Washington. I'm going to take him to be the Balentnikov winner at plus 850. I was originally looking at him um, – his over-under is like 900 and a half yards. Hmm. And I was thinking of taking that, but I was like, you know what? I'm taking so many overs. I will just take him to win this at plus 850. Look, Penix threw for, um, yeah, like 4,500 yards. I mean, he might throw for 5,000 yards this season, right? And and Dunze had a monster year last year, you know, at 1,145 yards receiving. He's somebody, if healthy, he could easily surpass 1,500 here. So, I think this offense is so wide open. The numbers are going to be there. So I like to take a little flyer here at plus 850, even though he's probably second or third on the list here at Blitnikoff winner. All right. There you go. Parley kid, Bo Nix um, takes off a lot, obviously. Running quarterback, gets first downs, moves the chains. But you like him to throw, what is it, 24 and a half touchdown Over 24 passes? and a half touchdown passes. Sally threw 29 last year. Uh, and he returns his top wide receiver in Troy Franklin, uh, mm-hmm. who caught nine from him last year. And they also added three uh, top flight receivers in the transfer portal. Unfortunately, none from Kent State, though. So hopefully that doesn't hurt him. <laughs> good luck to them. Um, yeah. Good luck. Uh, and, you know, most impressively about Bo Nix, I mean, here's a guy who was much maligned at Auburn, right? Um and uh, he kind of found a home at Oregon last year. I think he feels really comfortable in this offense. And Sal, he has more career starts, 47, than any mm. other Power 5 quarterback. This guy started 47 college games. Yeah, puts his same. body on the line a lot, too. But 
he's going to go over this 24 and a half. This is an easy one for me, uh, providing he stays healthy. I have no doubt that Bo throws at least what he did last year, if not a greater, because his receiving core, I think, is uh, pretty stacked. Place went crazy. I think, what was it, last November? I went to see them against Utah. They were an underdog. Bo was not supposed to play. Suited up last minute, hobbling along. Gamer. Converts a third and four uh, to run out the clock. Place went nuts. Absolutely crazy. That's why I'm taking the under for Oregon this year. Now, um, all right, what do I have? Oh, Colorado. This Coach Prime stuff, uh, uh, I'm taking advantage of uh, how people have just gone nuts betting everything Colorado over. I'm going under two and a half conference wins now. It's minus 170. I'm not doing any favorites there, but their only chances at a conference win, honestly, are Arizona, Arizona State, Washington State, and Stanford. All teams who are expected to win more games than Colorado. I think Stanford actually might have the same at three. Uh, They could be underdogs in all four of those games, except for maybe Stanford. Definitely three. So this bet makes sense. And if not for all the Coach Prime noise, I think this line is minus 220 or minus 250. So, you know, maybe they're better this year. Maybe they're closer than losing by 23 to Arizona or 42 to Utah or some of these that prove they're not in the same league. But I'm not seeing them pull off too many upsets in year one. Um, Sorry about the VIG, but... I just know we have like the Tiger Woods effect here with Deion Sanders. The Deion backers blew out any value in a pro Colorado bet. Go under two and a half conference wins, minus 170. Uh, well, that's not face, fun. That's not fun, okay. Sal. That's, you know, you're oh, that's rooting against Colorado. Yeah. You're rooting against Oregon. What a... Why do we like Colorado? Why do we like what? No, I think it, it, could, it could... No, it could just be fun, I think. I think it'd be fun if they're a little bit better than... but. I guess so. I mean, I, I think uh, this conference is enough. Yeah, fun, no, it's, so, it's, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, look, 27 and six at Jackson state. I don't, and you know, uh, obviously nobody coming back. It was the number one <laughs> transfer portal all in the country. Again, I don't, I haven't seen the Kent state. You're right. Probably kid. Maybe, uh, maybe they didn't do it the right way, but I'm going to go under in the uh, conference wins. Baby face. Uh, what are you, you're happy with Harry and everything? Yeah, there was a great breakdown, guys. And uh, I'm surprised. I mean, Harry thinks USC is more fraudulent than Lori Laughlin's daughter's admission there. So good to know. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what that means. So I'm going to have to explain that to him after, after the podcast. <laughs> All right, let's do one more. We Now, we usually do like three or four independents slash, uh, you know, teams in other conferences that weren't the top five, whatever you call those, mid-majors. Um but it seems like everybody's joined the conference. And so we don't have to do like uh, Boise State or, or either they've joined the conference or they're not supposed to be good. So we don't have to preview Cincinnati, Boise State, BYU, whoever we normally do. But Notre Dame, got to give them a look. Eight and a half is their over under. The over is minus 145. They're not in a conference. So they're 30 to one to win the NCAA title. They were nine and four last year. Head coach Marcus Freeman. This is his second season. And the, the biggest addition probably in, in college football is Sam Hartman, the Wake Forest quarterback, number one ranked quarterback, quarterback transfer last year. Uh, they have to replace Drew Pine and Michael Mayer, who is now a Raider. Good for you, Bri, right? Top two pass rushers yep. are gone. Um, they won six of seven to close the season. They beat Clemson. Uh, they have a new offensive coordinator, Gerard Parker. He was at West Virginia last year. As far as Hartman goes, more touchdown passes than any player in ACC history, 110, and he's still going. Um, he's not going to have – those are not going to count as ACCs, any. But uh, so he's back this year. 
Um, uh, Esteem and Tyree combined for 1,364 rushing yards, 14 touchdowns. The offensive line should be one of the best in the country, led by uh, the tackle Joe Alt, uh, according to PFF. Um, you know, defense, they lose. Uh, they lost the Ademolo to the Jaguars. They lost uh, Isaiah Foskey as a saint. Um they have the best the, the cornerback was the all-American freshman. He had six interceptions last year. They're home for Navy, so like a 21-point favorite there. Tennessee State, NC State, Central Michigan. Um, they end with Stanford. So those should all be wins. They got to get four more parlay kid out of Ohio State at Duke, at Louisville, USC Pitt and Cle- at Clemson and Wake Forest. Again, this is another eight and four team. I'll officially go under, but I don't think there's a great floor or ceiling with this schedule. So I think pick a number, bet the exact wins. Eight is plus 260. Nine is plus 220. I think those are the options. Paulie kid, you're leaning towards nine or more. Yeah. You know, so I, and I get everything you're saying. I'm not a huge Notre Dame fan. I think that mm-hmm. uh, they do have trouble recruiting the top, top-tier talent, even though I know their recruiting numbers always look good. Uh, yeah. You know, I just feel like there's something about their offense that uh, re- wide receivers don't flourish in it, uh, et cetera. But uh, I I kind of believe in year two here uh, for the coach. Um, they still, like you said, they were nine and four last year uh, without good quarterback play, Sal. Mm-hmm. Um and not only not good quarterback play, their defense was the worst red zone red zone defense in the country, right? right. So you're going to get better red zone defense, uh, probably just just but the, they'll straighten some things out, uh, and mm-hmm. they've landed some better recruits, um, and they've landed some good transfer portal guys for the defense. Uh, their running game is always strong, like you mentioned, Joe Alt already is one of the top, if not the top tackle uh, in the country. Yep. And they can kind of plug and play a number of different running backs there. And, of course, the instant upgrade at, at quarterback with Sam Hartman, who at Wake Forest put up great numbers and never had top 50 recruiting class in the time mm-hmm. he was there. Notre Dame has that type of recruiting class. I, you know, Notre Dame, to me, is not, not a national title contender, but I think they're a 9- or 10-win team. Like you said, you just threw out five, I think, what are automatic wins for them. Right. Uh, I think they find another way to get four, if not five more. That's just the way Notre Dame is. Their schedule is always too tough for them really to compete for a national title. Um, so yeah. they'll go over, though. I, I think they're good enough to go over. They got a good coach, good quarterback, defense, good running game. They go over. They barely get over, but they get it. Well, what's interesting, Harry, as I look at the numbers, you picked it perfectly. Ohio State, I'm sorry, USC is a one and a half point favorite at Notre Dame. So what games for a team that's only supposed to win eight and a half, what other games will they be underdog? They're, they should be favored home for U- Ohio State, no? I don't know if they're going to be there, Sal. Right? No. I don't think they will. I think, uh, I think right. so even if they're underdog two, they're underdog in two. But they're over under is eight and a half. At Clemson, they'll be a dog. I yep. Yeah. I think they hmm. need to win one of those big three: uh, Clemson, Ohio State, USC. If they win one right. of those three, I think they're a shoe in to go they'll over get to eight nine. Half. Yeah, I think it, they're right. a shoe in. But if they lose all three; they still have a shot, and, though. So Dabo, Dabo, by the way, owns Notre Dame when he's playing them too. No, they beat him last year, didn't they? Did Notre Dame beat him? Both, most. I think he's like five and one against them. 
Yeah, I think oh. uh, Notre Dame won that game last year. No, Notre Dame won last year. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe doesn't, maybe maybe doesn't own them uh, as much anymore. But all right. Um, yeah, all right, it's interesting. I'll stay under, but I think it's a stay away. Listen, yeah, still got more to cover here. Heisman winner, NCAA champ. We'll be back after this break, and we'll uh, break that all down. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, so let's do it. Let's pick our winner for the Heisman Trophy, Caleb Win- Williams, uh, plus 550 to repeat. By the way, 35-14, Notre Dame won that game, Harry. So yeah. it wasn't, wasn't yeah. even close. But if you're just saying, I'll just I'll move on. If you just want to say just Because it's 5-1 against him, sorry. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but it's not <laughs> impressive when the, when the last year was a rout. Uh, Jaden Daniels, 10-1 to one odds. <laughs> I'm hurt that you won't let me move on from this after being wrong, but Quinn, Quinn Ewers, 12 to one odds. Uh, so it's Williams, Daniels and Ewers. Those are the favorites. Williams, like I said, won it last year. Uh, I'm going to go with Blake Corum for the Michigan 30 to one odds, high profile running back, obviously 1,460 yards, 18 touchdowns. He averaged six yards a carry. You know, he's going to be in the spotlight. His PFF grade was 96, which was way higher than Caleb Williams, Max Duggan, and Stetson Bennett. And yet he wasn't on the podium. But this might just be parlay kid. I know you don't have a quarterback either here. This might just be a quarterback award, much like the MVP of the NFL is. And they could just announce that at this point. In the last 24, 20 quarterbacks have won three running backs and one wide receiver. I think Derrick Henry was the last running back in 2015. So go with your Caleb Williams and your Jaden Daniels, but I think put a little on uh quorum at 30 to one, cause he's going to be a highlight reel parlay kid. Again, like I said, you have a uh, same conference uh, non quarterback. Yeah. And I, w- I was thinking about actually a running back too with uh Keenshawn Judkins from um, uh, Ole mm-hmm. Miss. I really like him to have a monster year this year. But I'm going to go with Marvin Harrison Jr. at 18 to one. Um, just if you look at look, we, we saw Devontae Smith, who I called a couple of years ago to win this award, um, win it, kind of open the door for a receiver to win this award, which sometimes you don't think is going to happen. But Marvin Smith is your prototypical receiver. If you look at the ascension of of Devontae Smith while he was at Alabama. Uh, I yep. think we're going to see the same thing. Like in the year before his Heisman year, he was at, at about 60-something catches and about 1,200 yards. Last year we saw Marvin Harrison Jr. at about close to 80 and close to 1,300. 
And now you might say, well, no C.J. Stroud, but I, he's the security blanket for whoever's quarterbacking there. I think he's the guy, no matter what, double coverage, they're going to get the ball to him no matter mm-hmm. what. I think he has a huge year. I think he's going to be over 100 receptions, over 1,800 yards, and close to 20 touchdowns, and that could get him the Heisman at 18-1. to This guy is the real deal. All right, there you go, brother Bry. A little more conventional pick, but somewhere in the middle, odds wise, Joe. Yeah, Milton. I'm going to take Joe Milton from Tennessee at 25 to one. I think we should probably, you know, you might want to look at some of those uh, quarterbacks we just talked about in the Pac-12. Um, I know Harry likes Penix too at 18 to one. Bo Nix at 20 or whatever he is. Maybe some good odds here. Um, but what we saw with Milton last year was really positive. Ten touchdowns, right? No interceptions, and he played really well in that bowl game against Clemson to end the season. Um, and I think everybody, everything I've read, everything I've seen, is they everybody thinks he's going to take a big leap forward this year. He's obviously going to put up great numbers with Heupel as a coach. I mean, he's just an offensive genius, so they're going to put up tons of points. He's going, his numbers are going to be there. And look, if they could, if they have another great year like last year, if they surprise a few teams, if they could, I'm not saying I know this is going to be really hard, but if they win in Bama or they could win at home against Georgia, and Milton puts up a big game. Mm-hmm. He's going to be right there. So I think I could see him, you know, I think he's going to be a top five, top seven guy at the end of the year there. So at 25 to one, I like those odds. All right, Harry. Yeah. You know, I'm still really torn. I got two guys that I like. Brian, you got to give like the pick Penix now. You got to give it. You've had enough time. You got to give it now. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it to Jordan Travis. Then I do like Penix at 18 to one, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm going to take Jordan Travis at 14 to one plus 19 touchdown the pick ratio and led the Knowles to nine regular season wins and a bowl victory over Oklahoma where he passed for over 400 yards. He has weapons to work with leading rusher and receiver return. Florida state doesn't play UNC. So Travis will have to shine and beat LSU again, like he did last year in the opening game of the season and play the game of his life in death Valley, South Carolina versus Clemson on the 23rd of September. Do that. And that 14 to one by October 1st could be like Mm. four to one. Yeah, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at my who I bet last year because I think I took a lot of our picks and just I, I can't bet like nine guys to win the Heisman again. But I had Stroud <laughs> at two to one. I had Young at four to one. I had Travion Henderson. That was terrible at 40 to one. Uh, Parley Kid, I had Van Dyke at 40 to one. You had Hooker. But hooker I had, for sure. I had Hooker. A par, you know, Harry, I know you were screaming about Hooker, but I actually bet it at, at 60 to one. one. Oh. 60. And mm. then. I think by week eight, he was still favored, right? Was he favored when they lost to Georgia? Was he favored after that even? Uh, and then he got hurt. So he, it didn't then matter, he got hurt, but, and then it was over. Yeah, but I think even after the loss to Georgia, he was favored. Damn it. Oh, that would have been a nice score, Harry, 60 to 1. <laughs> but Sal, uh, by the way, you mentioned Penix yeah. playing for Indiana before. So I forget. Mm-hmm. At Indiana, he had five touchdown passes in the game in the horseshoe against Ohio State. Right. That's right. Had him on the ropes. Yeah, that's right. That was a good one. All right, let's pick a champion. All this talk, and now we have to pick one team to win it all. Georgia plus 230, Alabama plus 650, Ohio State plus 750, Michigan 8-1. to one. Those are the four. Those are your favorites. I'm going to go Alabama and at plus 650. I know I had them under 10.5, so they're obviously not my favorites, but you know how this committee is, and I could be wrong, and they could have one loss or even get in with two losses. Or maybe Nick Saban says that's enough, and uh, I'm putting my foot down. We're going to go back to Alabama basics. Now, 
Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, they have Notre Dame's guy, Tyler Buckner. I don't, you know, obviously you want a Bryce Young in there and not have to worry about it. They have to choose between these three guys, but I think one of them pans out. They could beat George on their side and keep it going. Either way, plus 650 is a phenomenal, tremendous number to flash in front of the Crimson Tide. I'm going them at least for best value, Parley Kid, to win the uh, national title. Who do you have? I like that, Sal. Uh, I'm going to stick with USC. I've talked enough about them today uh, at 10 to 1. I, I would prefer them to be uh, closer to a 15 to 1. Uh, I think that's where they're more deserving to be. But I think this is the year Lincoln Riley uh, gets the job done in the postseason. Um, got mm-hmm. the best quarterback in the country, an ultra talented offense, and a defense that should be. There's no excuse for it not to be much improved. Let's take USC to win the national championship 10 to one. All right, Harry, Michigan, you've uh, attended that Michigan, Ohio state game. I mean, that's where it's all about. That's where it gets exciting, but uh, eight to one odds for a team that made the playoff last year. That's right. Sal Harbaugh and his Wolverines have won two straight big 10 titles and tasted the playoffs. Lost in <laughs> both to Georgia and TCU. The Harbaugh got over the hump beating Ohio state and now has to win in the playoffs. JJ McCarthy, Forum Edwards, tremendous three-headed monster. I don't know how that can be stopped. Georgia, Ohio State, Bama all have new quarterbacks that have right now are unproven. Michigan returns 7-11 starters on defense, including linebacker Junior Colson. And Sal, before the show, you mentioned uh, one of our colleagues, Martin Weiss, who attended oh, yeah. the University of Michigan. Uh, it's his birthday today, so happy birthday, Martin. And Michael, if you will, I got a little gift for uh, Martin. Oh, no. What is this? The fight song? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, what a nice gift. I mean, that is that's a priceless gift you gave him. Look at that. You're wearing the skull cap and everything. Very and nice, Harry. Harbaugh. Happy birthday. Harbaugh Happy and birthday Harry this year. Harbaugh. Harbaugh. So you're saying Harbaugh is a great coach? No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So there you go. That's number one. Have that on record. Number two, these are the days I miss H-Dog. Yeah, I was just going to say, maybe we yeah, need H-Dog. I mean, that, that, Darren, that was Darren Harbaugh nice... may have done his best coaching job at the University of San Diego. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, just just remember, just remember, I don't want you tearing Harbaugh down when you're, you know, I, I this this is all part of your plan. I think I, he I did his Harbaugh. best uh, best coaching at um, in Detroit at the Springsteen concert when he had one of his assistants say, uh, "Yeah, get this weirdo away from me." <laughs> and, uh, and that, and he didn't like, have an assistant; he had no one there. Like, all right. Loved it. Uh, Babyface, did you have something to do with the production of that that birthday gift? Harry, first of all, Harry crushed that. He told us he knew. Uh, he said he would hum along because he knew the song by heart, and he nailed it. <laughs> he nailed it. Wow. Yeah. He knew it by heart. Yeah. Wait, what happens after da 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 da? What, how does it go after that? Oh, it just repeats. Okay. Harry, he knows it by heart. He's, he's enrolling. <laughs> he's enrolling in the fall. And I, 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 he's enrolling joints. Enrolling joints. Beautiful. All right. Uh, 
Unbelievable. All right, Whoa. that's Michigan. Uh, Brother Bry, Clemson. Now, are you taking them because of their dominance over Notre Dame? I mean, or or is there a different reason? Look, I, I mean, <laughs> normally I would say I'd probably, you know, I'd have Georgia here. That's no fun, a plus two something. I will say I, yeah. do, I do have like a five-team parlay to win championships, Alabama sells. Oh. I do have Alabama on that, with uh, along with the Liberty – LSU women, uh, the Bengals, and the Braves. I oh, think this is good. You got to post that. It was like on, seventy-five on to win, like seventy-five thousand, something like that. So, oh, <laughs> just win that. Just, just collect that. Already. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like the value that you're getting there, and it's the same thing too with Clemson. You never see really sixteen to one. And look, I, I do think everything I've seen mm-hmm. should be a dominant defensive team again, like they once were a few years ago. Much better offensively this year. Um, and if they're mm-hmm. gonna have a shot, look. Like, I know what you said. You pretty much have to take an SEC team every year. And if you're going to do that, yeah, maybe you roll with LSU with a little bit better odds. I just thought this would be the year if if, if an SEC team is going to trip up without the quarterback play for Georgia, Alabama, a new mm-hmm. quarterback coming in, this would have to be the year that somebody else would have to overtake them too. I think Clemson gets back to the playoffs. I just like the 16-1 odds because I think that'll go down at some point. All right. All right, Babyface, you have a pick or uh... – you're good well, with us taking it. Well, I do. I I, I love the I, I I get privy information because I get to see the outline. And I know Brian right. struggled with this because Brian had TBD listed up <laughs> until about 10 minutes before the show. And I right. had to look. I said, was TBD and is that Tex, Texas Baptist Daytona? Yeah. Yeah. I I I, I was waiting like Brian, for too. Yeah, I feel uh, like Brian didn't want to pick anybody. Yeah. Harry Singh, Texas Baptist Daytona's fight song, if you can. I mean, you know that by heart, right? All right. Uh, Sharp Tank. Sports all weekend, Friday to Sunday. Harry, oh, another big announcement from Harry. What's your pick? I went with the Parley Kid last week. He had the Cowboys mm. to lose to the Jags, and he had Baltimore to win. It was a money line preseason parlay. Easy as pie. That's a winner. So I'm going to pick one of your uh, games right here. Paul, uh, Harry, start us off. All right. Well, listen, it's been a long time, but gas gag non. It's back for Sharp Tank. NASCAR is in Watkins Glen, New York. My play <laughs> is Chase Elliott at plus 275 to win. However, it's been kind of a tough season for Elliott this year. He's been in on the track for only 17 of 24 NASCAR races. It's interesting mm-hmm. that in- Elliot does not have a victory this year, but he's the favorite in this race. Here's my reasons why. Mm-hmm. First, history is on Elliot's side, with Hendrick Motorsports having won the last four races at Watkins Glen. Elliot won in 18 and 19. Second, Elliot is coming mm-hmm. off runner-up finish last week in Indianapolis. Third, he's finishing the top four in the last four at Watkins Glen races. And fourth, mm-hmm. and most important, with a victory. He will have to worry about qualifying for the playoffs next week in the regular season finale in Daytona. So at plus 275, let's Uh, see Chase set the pace, make uh, his case, and win the race. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right. Well, that could have gone a lot worse. Uh, uh, That that rhyme, I think, ran out of gas. You're right. All right. I, I hate those odds for a, for a rate, like a, 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 like if the five of us raced on the Long Island Let's Expressway, see. I would like plus 275 for Sal, we Chase like, I know it's, it's NASCAR, it's, anything can happen, suck. but Sal, like, 
with a guy who hasn't won a race and he's plus 275 in the favorite, fishy. I know. You want Chase Elliott in the playoff if you're a fan. It's just like 30. I know. Like, right? Like, Paul, kid, this is like if you bet a golfer and, um, you know, he's hitting like by the lake and all of a sudden he, he hits and he fall, disappears into the lake and you don't see him the rest of the day. Like that, that's what race card betting is like, like, but yeah, wait, you crash but, and then that's you it. still like, got to get it done on the golf and golf. You still have to make the shots. NASCAR racing right. guys can let you in, you know, I hate that. I hate that number. All right. Silly. Kid. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, what, do you well, like? what am UFC? I doing here? This is a good, this is a good uh, card, UFC, right? A good card. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, hit my Sterling last O'Malley. Yeah. Yeah. I hit my last one in the sharp tank a couple weeks ago. I feel like maybe I've gotten a little rhythm back here, mm-hmm. a couple sharp tanks in a row. So, you know, I do like Sterling in this, uh, fight to beat O'Malley. I think it's just a little too much at minus uh, 260, I believe to go mm-hmm. with Sterling to win. So then I looked at Sterling to win by decision, uh, Sterling to win by submission. Those make some sense to me. But I think the safe play for me here is to take the fight uh, to go over three and a half rounds at plus 120. I think this is a little bit of a cat and mouse game between uh, the striker and O'Malley and more of the uh, wrestler and Sterling. And I think um, – they're going to feel each other out for a round or two. Sterling avoiding mm. any big shots landed by O'Malley. Uh, and then eventually, though, I'm thinking we could get a late submission here by Sterling. But I think this fight manages to go three and a half rounds. I do think Sterling's the better fighter. I think O'Malley okay. has been propped up a little too much by the UFC at this point. Uh, I'm not sure how much exactly he's done with his career yet. Uh, yeah. Sterling, I don't love him uh, either. I think he's been a very fortunate champion here, but uh, he, it's going to go. This this fight, I think, goes the distance. I'll take okay. it at plus plus number over three and a half rounds. I'm looking at this card, Brian. All I know is uh, on the prelims, or I think this. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm I'm going to put Ian Machado Gary minus five thirty on a money line parlay against Neil Magny. <laughs> that's the only thing I know. That's the only I, thing I, I, I know. Funny. There's I, a lot of favorites I like on this card. Oh, it's, it, it's funny. Yeah. So I've seen people say. Um, I've seen one or two people say they like Magni as an upset there. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you I go. know. I know. And I do, um, there are certain, uh, it is a pretty good card, and I like some of the fights. I, the Wiley Zhang fight actually should be like a entertaining mm-hmm. fight, although I do like her by KO. So I was thinking about that. Um, I thought about the uh, England women to win the World Cup, because I, I said that earlier when, when we yeah. did uh, preview prediction they're minus 105 I, I do like them to win but i'm kind of this isn't necessarily it doesn't have to be going against parlay kid here though but i am going to take sterling to win by submission over um, o'malley um and and part of that again like probably was saying o'malley yeah they have propped him up a little bit um I don't, it makes sense that he's here in this position because, you know, he's just an entertaining fighter. It's weird though. A lot of fun to look at. Yes. It's weird though. O'Malley's like, it's, he's kind of already giving excuses, which sounds weird. He's kind of like, Mm. yeah, if I win, I'm a champion. Even if I lose, I'm a champion. Like, so Uh. he's already giving some stuff. And I just, he hasn't fought anybody like Sterling with the wrestling and the ground game. So I'd be very worried if he goes to the mat. And, and O'Malley's been done a good job of, of keeping off the mat against certain guys, like even against Jan mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But 
if he goes to the mat, he's going to get submitted at some at some point. I, I feel like because just he does he doesn't have that experience yet against mm, this yeah. type of fighter. So I, I like it. I like those odds of plus one fifty. I, like I mean, probably Kid and I could both win. It could right. be a late it could be a late submission here, yeah. but I think if Sterling, you know. O'Malley, who, I mean, look, O'Malley could knock him out. It's not to say that that couldn't happen. I but just throwing submission. I, I just think put is the most probable. O'Malley by moral victory, minus 550 <laughs> on the parlor. Oh, good. So it's oh, good. 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 That's good. Uh, Mikey Meatballs, you follow this stuff pretty closely. Well, who do you like in that main event? Uh, my, my brain would say Sterling, but I have a feeling it might be O'Malley's time. Oh. And uh, wow. I don't know. I think. You know, judging has been right. a little shady in some of his fights. So I, if it's close, I could see O'Malley getting it. Um, and then regardless, mm-hmm. I think uh, Sterling's going up a weight anyway. You know, one fight to prove it. If he if he doesn't win, I don't think it will affect him too much. I do like right. uh, GM3 plus 200 underdog on the uh, on the prelims as well. Nice. Plus 200. All right, I got to find that. All right, there you go. Um, Polly Kid, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back you again. You are... Uh, you nice. red hot in the UFC, one in a row, and then uh, and then there you go. <laughs> I think, I think nice. we go with that, and we won the last couple uh, sharp tanks with you, Babyface. What did you tell? What is this? What happened? I have been waiting all week, and about an hour into this show for this moment. So Sal, I don't want to trump Sharp Tank, but everyone listening. Please take your audio off one and a half speed if if that is what you're at. <laughs> Sal, you. We have to get into this. This is what we've been waiting for all week. Oh, okay. Oh, the uh, the movie review? Yes. Is this what it is? I, speaking of long shots, right. I, this is what I cannot believe happened. This is the upset of the year, what you're about to tell everyone. Well, uh, the parlor kid went to see Barbie, I think, with his wife, right? Or did you have uh, the kids? Yeah, my with, wife it was and just daughter. Two of you? Yeah, it's my wife and daughter. What? Okay. Yeah. And this was yeah. like last week? And last uh, week, and you want to give it the uh, all sorts of Academy Awards. I'm here. <laughs> so, you know, if if you're okay, if you want me to go off on, uh, on my my feelings about this movie, well, it depends what you want to say. I don't know if um, you know, don't don't break any crimes here. Uh, break any I laws. I, the <laughs> crimes will not happen. Okay. Uh, cancelization. I mean, that that, right. that could happen. Uh, it was too woke. Uh, it was wait, too woke. I thought he cried like a blood diamond. I was told he was emotional. He did cry. Oh. <laughs> he cried when uh, he couldn't get his money back. Yeah. You know, had a listener, Matt Maraconda, reach out. Yeah. They loved the cloak and dagger talk uh, the other day. Oh. Um, the return of Max Dugan talk. Uh, they right. really like that. Returns. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. we should really do a segment on like '80s movies, like un- oh. unappreciated '80s movies. I think there's right. a market for that out there. But when it comes the to the unwatchables, bar- yeah. <laughs> when it comes to this Barbie movie, okay, was it a comedy? What 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 does it fall under? Can somebody tell it. me yeah. what it mm-hmm. falls under? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian, you saw it. Does it fall under a comedy? Is uh, it a comedy? I, 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 like, I, 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 I it felt, has to be a comedy. It has to be a comedy. I, I, but it really, when you think about it, mm. wasn't laugh out loud funny. I don't think, I don't ever okay. remember the audience, even with me, that it was filled, by the way, what, what I did love about the audience, filled with women and girl, uh, young women yeah. dressed up in pink, Probably, probably everything the movie did not intend it to be, but that's what you got there. Women actually dressing up to go to the movie theater for the first time in decades, 
right? Uh, can That's I say something? Always- I think I wonder if, if you know, hey, kid, we're not spending a thousand dollars to send you to see Taylor Swift, but why don't you dress up for this movie, which is also an event, not nearly as big an event. I wonder if that was it. Certainly well, not for you, Paula. <laughs> no. And my look, and here's the thing. You didn't dress up? It depends. Not at all. I, hmm. if I sh- should I maybe Ken Ken would have been a good thing. Uh, <laughs> Ken's all over the movie, yeah. But <laughs> so I'm not good at really reviewing movies because it's hard for me to get my point articulated. But <laughs> all right, it's okay. <laughs> I would tell you this, okay. One, it wasn't funny. The movie was not funny. Okay, all let's right. start with that. It was a comedy. Was I don't remember funny? too many laughs. Uh, well, Harry, no. that's what I'm saying. I, I, did no, you see it? Is it? Is it? Well, what is it supposed to be? That's Can't my, my point. Can't believe Ken has enforced you to go see it, Harry. Yeah. Being preachy mm-hmm. and woke with a right. lot of virtue signal signaling. I'm mm. not really sure of what the movie was supposed to be. Now, you remember from over twenty something years ago when they made like the Brady Bunch movies, right? right? Those I think were appropriately made. It, it was nostalgic and also. Kind of yeah. spoofy. It, it kind of spoofed the whole. So they should scene. have followed that model. I think, think yeah. they should have followed that model. This got preachy. Look, mm-hmm. you want Look, uh, right. there was a, there was a part in the movie where uh, America Ferrera is that her name, right? Mm-hmm. The character she basically uh, goes on this dialogue about how uh, you know how terrible women have it. I get mm-hmm. look. We're, this is twenty twenty three, Sal. This is not nineteen twenty three. Okay, your wife, my wife, my daughter, Mm -hmm. Brian's daughters, they could do anything they want to do, right? They could be anything they want to be. We're still talking about this in 2023, right? right. So do you know in the United States, men live six years less on the average than women? (laughs) (laughs) Do do we understand that? So why are you going to see movies you don't want? Uh, Why are you wasting your time? uh, That's a great question. I wanted to see what the hype. I don't think the Parley kid had a nice pink windbreaker i'm not sure I, that's the problem Sal, yeah why do we yeah. live six years young? you know we the men in this country <laughs> live right. less than the lifespan in kuwait kuwait we yeah. have a less of a lifespan sal yeah we don't yeah. have it made here it's not nothing has been nothing's given to us we have to Baby work face, for this is your did. fault I, by the way and this was not a cap of consequence I, to go I'm see sorry. this so. I, yes I, good job I'm by sorry. you yeah. Parlay Kid, what? America's team, yes, the not America that- Ferreira's team. So I guess. I think I think Barbie dropped too many f bombs, and the Parlay Kid was out. He's like, I don't like this Sal- language. Yeah, yeah. Margot Robbie's my favorite actress. She she was I mean, she was, she's she's great as Barbie. She is. Yeah. She's great. All right. Um. But uh, uh, what's his name? What's the uh, Ryan uh, Gosling? Fantastic yeah. as Ken. They were they were really mm-hmm. good in their roles, but. Mm-hmm. I just don't find where the movie fits in to what we're doing. Like, All right. it, well, what was he it? Did, was it a he comedy? He did find Oppenheimer what hilarious. He told me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Big D on a scale of one to ten, um, what do you just give Barbie as a rating? I should have just given it a rating. It probably would have been much <laughs> easier for me. Um, I give it. I, I give it Ooh. a two and a half out of ten. Wow, typical male. Typical. Well, I'll tell, exactly. I'll, I'll tell you though, it's it's amazing that I mean, I will say maybe Michael Michael watches more movies than anybody, and um, he, he liked it. He, right? He likes a lot of movies. He, yeah, he loved it. He sent me a text immediately after he watched. Meatballs, it. Meatballs, so you got to come clean. Here. I did love Barbie. I thought O'Malley, it was great. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, got, it got a nine out of ten for me. That not oh, primer. Uh, Polly kid's gonna go change his will now. That's what he said. I I'm, this is the most shocking thing uh, that that has come across from Michael and Margot Robbie does it for him. That's all. Good. I I cannot believe this. Like we understand that Mattel, you know, there are five women on their board out of twelve people. But it is the only female that's the standout female doll, right? I don't know the age, right, uh, life expectancy of dolls. Maybe you could help us the with that. The bottom line like is, but no, well, again, like well, only, when you want to, yeah. when you want to, a virtue signal about, <laughs> you know, when they go into the real world and men are yeah. dominating the real world. I don't work, live in a world like that. Okay. Right. I go to, I go to work dominated by females. Yeah. Okay, right. so I don't live in a world like this. I can't relate to this stuff. Darren lives in Barbie, I don't, I don't, Barbie this, world. This Darren's is 2023. Yeah. It's 2023. We yeah. Women can be anything they want. Why, the movie doesn't have to tell them that. Barbie right. doesn't That's have to fair. tell them that. But like I said, the I, the fact is, I think Barbie actually was a little, uh, did not get the message across to many uh, that mm. were watching it. I don't think they did. You know, Harry, Harry had a bunch of Harry had a bunch of pink shirts. He could Harry's got to go uh, watch this. Harry's Harry, can go you go see it? I want to see it. It's got to take Angie. How is Ken not force what? you to see it? He's by he's buying all these we shirts live for everybody. In a these Ken shirts. Yeah, where you can make three former mm. stars or four or five could make eighty for Brady, and I right. like, and I love I their really careers good. are still. He loved that uh, too. Meatballs this, loved that too. Yeah, uh, I know. Oh uh, man, no. talk about a bad movie. Oh man, that All right. now that was Harry, a two and a half. Um, oh. I'm surprised, Harry. Is Springsteen going to have to play at the uh, local Cinemaplex for you to go see this Barbie movie? I'm not sure. I, how, I will how say we get it's it's there. minus yeah. thirteen hundred that Harry or Angie fall asleep during it. Minus thirteen. Uh, Harry, yeah, she might. He'll, he'll put himself on the I, I have to say, when we came out of Barbie, and I didn't like it. My right. wife was very up, was mad, not upset at me, mad at me for not liking the movie. <laughs> really? Wow. Yes. All right, I got to go see this. I got to see it this weekend, I guess. Yeah, you gotta she, go was see mad. This, uh, she was mad. She was actually mad. Right. She didn't yeah. want to hear it from me about. Yeah. And, and she's on board with me with some of the stuff I'm right. saying. But yet she felt the nostalgia about it. Right. right. And I think a lot of people did. I mm. think it could have just been done in a much more like Brady Bunch Right. type of way that's, i'm gonna see it this thing. week mikey meatballs you'll go with with me a second time yeah i'd see it again you loved it <laughs> <laughs> melissa hasn't seen it sound no i don't think so my, no. my daughter owned probably a hundred barbies and you know all what? It, the stereo uh, what they call in the movie the stereotypical barbie right. she owned like a hundred of them it was the same doll we kept buying we got to get out of here, but it is my anniversary today. Uh, 21 yes. years. Happy anniversary. Wow. So 21 years go. ago. That's Thank nuts. you. Thank you. I wasn't asking for that. Forget Martin's birthday. Who cares? It's my <laughs> anniversary. But go no. see Barbie. Uh, and I think I'm going to take her to go see Barbie. Wait, so Sal, exactly Sal, 21 yeah. years <laughs> ago? I mean, I won't get into it, but tw- 21, 21 yeah. years ago that I got stuck in that club, huh? 21 years ago. That's right. Wow. Was stuck. <laughs> you loved it. You loved every minute. All right, Listen. That's yes. it. We're done with the college previews. Next week, we do the pros. We're going to do two divisions a day, and we're going to get through this. This is fun. Good job by you guys. I'm proud of you. Um, you know what? I mean, the, the fact that you guys were able to uh, deliver these previews 
in a world dominated by women. I don't, I can't even imagine <laughs> that it all went down as smoothly as it did. Baby face, you have to Good luck. I'm, I'm coming with you to Barbie. I just feel bad. Barley kid left the right. theater faster than Oregon left the Pac-12. Poor guy. <laughs> well do it for another episode of against all odds for uh mikey meatballs for babyface joel solomon and the degenerate trifecta i'm sal saying so long and happy handicapping and happy birthday uh martin and happy anniversary to me see you next week <laughs> na, 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 na. Na, 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 na,